0: Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Presciano.
1: Today is a great day, Daniel. It is Kobe Bryant's birthday. Rest in peace, the legend, best Laker of all time. But the Lakers, they're also up 2-1 to one in the first round against the Portland Trail Blazers, which is huge. Um, obviously, we came into the series a little worried. You know, Blazers took game one. We were kind of scared. I said I was close to hitting the panic button. Yours was in the cupboard, but it was quick to being pressed. Uh, just, I just want to get your thoughts. How are you feeling on this on this Sunday morning, Daniel?
0: I feel really good. The Lakers came out and played extremely well uh, last night. You, I, you know what? It really felt like it was going to be – more than an eight-game or an eight-point margin that they were going to win by, I felt like they played better than that. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. Uh, they really came out in that third quarter. They came out at halftime and and absolutely blew the Blazers out of the water. I believe they scored forty points in the third half or the third quarter. Yes, um, looked a, looked like an even match. It was really close in uh, in the first half, and then they came out with fire in the third quarter. So I really love to see that AD turned it on. LeBron kept doing his thing. Uh, it was really, really, really good to see. I, I felt like they played better basketball, honestly, just like as a team, um, collectively mm-hmm. in this past game than the game where they actually blew out the blazers personally. <laughs> um, it was it, interesting, interesting for sure. I think the defense was a little bit, uh, more lax than it was the last game, but it was still great. I mean, keeping uh, a high power offense down to 108 points is, is always a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, this might sound a little weird. Might sound a little counterintuitive, but it's almost like I feel better about a win like this than I do the blowout win, because with the blowout win, you know, things can happen. You know, the Blazers, even though the Lakers played good defense, Blazers didn't shoot very well. They could have shot better. We kind of felt like, you know, Dame hurt his finger. It just, it didn't feel like it was the full Blazers team almost, you know, like it felt good to win the game, obviously. But when you win a close game like this, where I would say the Blazers were pretty much, you know, close to full strength, you know, Damian uh, Lillard had a great game. Um, just the Lakers, you know, they didn't shoot terribly from three, which has been kind of the, the tipping point of the offense, but I feel good about this win. You know, after a blowout win, it's kind of like, okay, is this like I, the title of our last podcast, Is this sustainable. And after a win like this, I would say it is sustainable. I can't say that word.
0: (laughs) Sustainable, ambiguous.
1: Okay. We're not talking about (laughs) him. Um, yeah, LeBron went off though, man. I asked you last podcast, if this was a matchup thing, if LeBron was a little tired, his age, you know, he was facilitating more. He wasn't really attacking the basket as much in the first two games. Uh, he had his spurts, of course. But this game, this was first time we've seen true playoff LeBron. 38 points, 12 boards, 8 assists, almost a triple-double. Uh, he, he looked great, man. He looked great. He looked like LeBron James.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ball was falling from deep, too. Four for eight from yeah. uh, from three-point from beyond the arc. Um, I know one thing we talked about last, last time on the podcast was that you know, it seemed like LeBron and AD were kind of trading off whether who was going to have the good night. Yeah. Uh They both had terrific nights. I mean, Anthony Davis from the free throw line, like 7 for 14 ain't him. Uh He actually shot better from the field than he did the free throw line, which is not, not characteristic of mm-hmm. of uh of AD. But, you know, those kind of things. It, I mean, they're more fluke games than anything. No, yeah. Um,
1: AD had a fantastic game, man. Just looking. Yeah, he did. I didn't even realize just looking at his box score, man. I mean, he scored 29. He had a double-double as well, 11 boards, 8 assists, same as LeBron, 2 steals, 3 blocks. Man, this is this yeah. is the thing we have been promised all season. This is the thing we have been telling Clippers fans and Rockets fans and Bucks fans. You can't stop AD and LeBron James. Uh, if they're both yeah. having games like this, dude. I don't see, you know, as pessimistic as I've been at times, I don't see a team in the league that can beat the Lakers when both stars play like this. Of course, that's not a given, mm-hmm. but this is a really promising sign. I'm very, very happy yeah, with the way cool. that things
0: shook out yeah yeah i I like to see ad get involved in the passing game um because you know he he's a pretty skilled big man in terms of passing Mm -hmm. um eight assists is it's a good amount for anybody i mean oh yeah man i yeah his passing was great all night oh yeah man and
1: then uh the role players specifically the purple and gold players uh we got to highlight alex caruso my gold pick your favorite player in the league it seems like uh (laughs) You know, he's really emerged as the third best player on the Lakers in this series, at least I would argue. Uh, yeah,
0: I totally agree with you.
1: I mean, he played 27 minutes. He played, looks like, the fourth most minutes. Uh, he played great defense. He scored 10 points. That's not really what he's going to give you. Seven assists, got his facilitator hat on a little bit, four boards. Um, he's just so important to this team, man. And when you play a team like the Rockets next series, you're facing Westbrook and Harden, he's going to be important in that series. And then when you play a team like the Clippers, you know, you're going to have Danny Green guarding one of Kawhi or Paul George. Cruz was going to be huge in guarding the other. It's just, it, it's crazy to think, and if you told me this 12 months ago when the season started, or right before the season started, that Alex Caruso would be the third best player on the Lakers in the playoffs, I'd call you crazy, but here we are, man. He looks great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's been terrific for sure, Def- defensively on Dame, uh, switching on to Gary Trent a couple times, switching on to McCollum. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, he's such a pest out there. Yeah. It's like, he he's really tough to deal with if you're uh if you're a lead guard, you know. Uh he's a really valuable asset to the Lakers and he's really stepped up in the absence of, of Avery Bradley. I mean, he did it all year, yeah uh, for the Lakers defensively, but you know, he, his role becomes even more prominent with uh with Bradley out. And you know, Vogel did exactly what I wanted him to. I said, you know, I would love to see Alex Crusoe get twenty five minutes in the last pot, he got twenty six minutes. So I'm I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. Um You just look more comfortable out there. There were times where he was running the offense with LeBron James on the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's how he got those seven assists, you know, chasing after loose balls. Like he typically does. Um, But yeah, overall just really impressed. Once again, Um, really, really fortunate that the Lakers have him. I mean, how crazy is it that they, they they got him on a two year deal for five and a half million.
1: (laughs) I know a G league guy too, just comes up to the G league. Uh, I want to ask though, You know, Rondo, he's pretty much healthy. He didn't play because of back spasms, but it seems like his thumb is good to go. Uh, Do you think that, you know, Rondo will negatively affect how much Crusoe is on the court? As good as Crusoe's playing, and I understand, you know, Rondo does play an important part of this team. Missing him has been a big deal. Like, I just hope they don't take minutes from Crusoe. I don't know who they take minutes from, probably KCP. Um, It doesn't seem like Vogel's getting off the Danny Green train quite yet. So I'm just a little worried that they'll do the wrong thing with Rondo coming back
0: yeah yeah i'm not a big uh fan of rondo as a player anymore just because he's such a negative on defense yeah um but at times it seems like the lakers don't have that second facilitator mm-hmm. so it'd be great to see rondo get some minutes just like i mean if if they play him more than maybe 10 15 minutes i'm not going to be too thrilled with that i think he's honestly more valuable to the lakers as a like a player coach on the on the bench yeah. you know he's, he's battle tested he's won titles with the celtics before um I really think that that should be the role he serves.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just, that's what he should do. I just hope the Lakers don't do what they shouldn't do. Um, you know, we mentioned Danny green. He was the other uh, gold player. He didn't play as bad. Uh, made two of four threes. I'm a little happy that he didn't attempt his normal, you know, six threes like he used to be doing. Um, didn't come out of bed and miss four threes to wake up. Like we said, he's been doing all playoffs. (laughs) Uh, again, kind of just like a non-factor offensively, you know, he didn't really do much. He kind of just fit into the role of the catch and shoot guy who isn't shooting very well defensively. He still looked decent. So that's good. Uh, Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely.
1: Still not to the level that, you know, we want to see him playing, you know, if you get, I mean, it's a scary thought. I know, I know Clipper fans don't take the Lakers seriously, but if you get LeBron and AD playing like this with Caruso playing the way he's playing and you get playoff Danny Green. That's that's scary, man. That's a scary matchup yeah. for any team. Um, yeah, and of course, like not everything's gonna go right, but that's scary, dude. And then for yeah. Portland, the purple players, uh, Nurkic has not been having a good series. <laughs> he's getting a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of slander on Twitter for his level of play and how he's been like analytically and everything just hurting the Blazers. Can you see that with the eye test too?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. You know what? He just looks kind of overmatched down low. Oh, yeah. uh, there's times where McGee is actually kind of, um, kind of pushing him out and Dwight Howard and his, his defense the last couple of nights on, uh, on Nurkic and Whiteside both has been, has been really good.
1: Oh yeah. And then uh yeah, Whiteside too. Like you mentioned, he's again, kind of a non-factor. I mean, he got eight boards. He kind of just, you know, did what he had to do on the rebounding department, three of five shooting. He's not a premier scorer anyways, but the biggest thing for Whiteside, like we saw in game one is kind of his shot blocking, especially in those key moments um, one block. I'll take that any day of the week. Absolutely. You limit Hassan Whiteside to one block. I mean, like we said, heading into the series, Lakers are going to win this series down low and they've been, uh, maintaining the bigs, you know, Whiteside had that good defensive first game, but that was pretty much it. So Carmelo had a big game. That was exciting just as a basketball fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He definitely played well. I mean, as, as a Syracuse guy, like I always kind of like, uh, kind of like Mello, every Mello is like a legend here. Um, but yeah, 20 points, six boards, four steals yeah. too was, uh, was impressive. Is, is Mello uh, an elite uh, defender? Would you say? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he got, 40, he got 42 minutes for that team. He deserved all 42 in my opinion. That's crazy. You know, he, he was really clogging the passing lanes and stuff. I've never really seen Mello play like that because he's such a lax defender. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was one of the worst defenders in the league. He's oh, kind of yeah. still not great, but he's become a willing defender. Yeah. Uh, which has really elongated his career, probably.
1: I've never understood, and this is just my brain being dumb. Um, There's a lot of smarter people than me that will explain why I'm being dumb. But I feel like with defense in the NBA, as long as you give, like, effort, you'll be a competent defender. Like, when I look at people who are just bad defensively, it, like, always seems to boil down to their level of effort. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron, everyone, you know – saying LeBron's not a good defender anymore, but then you get to the playoffs and you're like, you see when he's actually, or like the game against the Bucks before the hiatus, like when he actually tries, you know, he's a good defender. And granted that's because, you know, he's conserving his energy, doing his, you know, load management while being on the court deal. But I just, that's what my dumb brain has said. If you just try, you'll actually be competent defensively.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree with that actually. Um, Because, you know, when we talk about poor defenders, like for a while it was James Harden, you know, one of the worst defenders. Yeah. And uh now he started to show effort on the defensive end and he's become at least an average defender. Yeah. Um there are tons of examples like that out there. I think LeBron's another good one too. We we see him not trying uh at least this year though. I I mean all year he pretty much tried on defense. He graded out as one of the best defenders in the NBA by a bunch of metrics this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, because I mean he's such a big body, so athletic. He he's able to bang with the bodies down low. He's able to guard some uh some um guys on the perimeter also because he's so he's so fast, mm-hmm. uh so quick on his feet. But yeah. uh yeah, no, I totally agree with that sentiment. Andrew
1: Wiggins, he's kind of one of those guys. Um, yeah. But he yeah, went he to Golden to State. See, yeah, he went to Golden State and he he looked better because he was trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And then your magic number, the listeners know it, it's 60. Hold Dame and CJ to sixty combined points, and Lakers have a good a good chance to winning. Do you know how much they scored combined without looking, or did you already look? I'm already. I'm like looking at it right now. (laughs) That is a 62 uh,
0: points, 34 from Dame and 28 from McCollum.
1: I mean, that's spot on with what you said. You know, they scored 62 Mm -hmm. around 60. Lakers won by eight. 60 points for a duo seems like a lot, but you know they're going to need those huge nights from Dame. They're going to need those 30 point nights from CJ, especially when you're taking out the bigs, especially Nurkic. Um, You know, I, I just like I like Lakers chances. And two, in this series, what I've noticed is the Lakers, I mean, we've said it, you know, Laker fans and Laker, you know, the contributors of Lakeshore Life have said it all the time, but the Lakers are a lot deeper than people give them credit for. And you just look at the bench minutes compared, you know, between the Lakers and the Blazers. It's like, the Lakers are so much deeper than people think. And I mean, it's kind of playing out in this series, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think part of the reason why the Lakers don't get enough credit is because a lot of their bench pieces, they're really not flashy guys. Like everybody knows Dwight Howard. Everybody knows Alex Caruso at this point. Mm-hmm. But even Markeith Morris plays some competent minutes. Uh, we got oh, yeah. J.R. Smith. People don't like Kyle Kuzma. I guess I kind of understand that. I'm not a huge Kuzma guy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there are pieces. And we're not even getting into Waiters and Rondo who didn't play last night. Yeah. Um, I feel like I totally agree with you, and we're even—we're a team that's missing Demarcus Cousins and uh, Avery Bradley.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, they're deep. I, I, I just don't get that. I remember going into the year too. One of the narratives going into the year that you know I was pushing like this team's going to be good defensively because you know I hate bringing up Clipper fans so much, but it was like, oh, you can't mess with the Clippers' defense. Clippers are a very good defensive team. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, have you seen like who the Lakers have? Like, I wrote—I remember writing an article back when I was on LA Sports Hub. I was like, the Lakers might challenge for the all time record in like blocks, like maybe not all time. It was like the most since a certain year. Like they have so many shot blockers oh. on this team. And I don't think they didn't get as high as I thought they would, but they, I think they led the league or they were top three for sure. They had a lot of blocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we had to take one negative from this game for the Lakers, just to be, you know, nitpick what they could do better. It's definitely the free throw shooting, which has kind of been the story all year. It seems like, um, not, not a good free throw, a night
0: at the free throw line. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, not great. Um, I mean, that's been kind of an issue for the Lakers this season, uh, up and down. I feel like every season, <laughs> it doesn't even matter <laughs> for contending or not. It's just the Lakers have issues at the free throw line. I, I really don't get it. But 65% isn't really going to cut it. Um, I think that largely comes from... AD just having an off night, yeah, for he's also sure. Twelve to seventeen from LeBron, I, yeah. I think that's totally fine. Uh, you know, a couple other guys missing one or two, that that's totally okay. But AD missing half his free throws is just I, it's absurd. I said it on the last pod, like he's one of the best free throw shooters amongst big men in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And him have a really poor night like that, it's just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think of it.
1: Yeah, I mean. It could just be one of those off nights. You know, I'm not too worried. He hasn't been fantastic from the line this series, but it's such a small sample size that I'm not going to buy into it too much. But if he makes his normal, you know, free throws, if he makes 12 of 14, you know, you're looking at 33 of 43, which if I do quick math here with my iPhone calculator, that's 76.7%. Still not, you know, fantastic, especially when you look at Portland making 94%, but it's a lot better outlook. So... Yeah, for sure. LeBron definitely kind of bogs those numbers down just because he gets to the line so much, and he's. Yep. I. That's a topic for another day. I don't understand how LeBron James doesn't make free throws. I, it's got to be like a mental yeah. thing. He, yeah, I don't know. He's I don't know. So good everywhere else, but that, that's a, that's yeah. a discussion for another day.
0: Yeah, I, I was talking. I I mean, I can get into it just for a quick second. Like, yeah, go for it. Let's I let's was hear talking it. talking to. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends here at school. And he was like, hey, you know how LeBron's not good at free throw shooting? And I was like, yeah. And he noticed that LeBron James doesn't line up like straight up with the basket. He lines up to the side all the time. And his form changes every every other free throw. It's like it's totally different. The amount of time he waits in between, it's like it's kind of different. You know, you got to get in that shooter's rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he kind of does himself a disservice by, you know, changing up how much time he spends in between it's really not repetition it's like going up and it almost seems forced
1: that's actually that's a good point yeah because that's what free throws are you know it's repetition you know just that muscle memory um maybe he needs to shoot fadeaways i don't know how he's going to do it with you know not making a free throw violation but just fade away you know hit his post up the free throw line and then do like a turnaround jumper he'll probably shoot better honestly <laughs> That'd be interesting. We should get, ooh, maybe you could be a LeBron James free throw coach, Daniel. Ooh. (laughs) And then uh, our betting recap, every game we predict uh, with the spread and the over-under. I'm sad to announce that I went 0-2. Me and Daniel both picked Blazers plus 7.5. We thought the Lakers were going to win. We thought it was going to be closer. And it was right there. It was an eight-point game. So it's it's one of those classic Vegas hit it right on the head um, lines. And then the over/under, which we didn't have at the time of recording, but we based it on our uh, our score predictions, opened at two twenty-seven and a half. Uh, Daniel's score prediction was two twenty-five, so he hit the under. I had a crazy score that didn't that just kind of came out of my mouth. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, it was one twenty-seven, one twenty-two. <laughs> so I did not get that because I bet the over. But there's a little bit of um, there's a little bit of uh, what's the word? I'm like controversy here because you said two twenty-five. The line when the game started was 224 and a half. So you technically would have had the over, but we're still giving it to you because it opened at 227.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but you said that I didn't fact check it. So you could have just been lying to me to even up the series. because we're both at three and oh, three no. now in the
0: year. No, nope. I don't, I would never lie to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now game four, Daniel Lakers won two in a row up two one in the series blowout win, you know, can't take too much from it. And then a really good win. They look great uh, last night. You know, what, what, what can they do? What else can they add to their game besides the free throw shooting where they can kind of build off this, win three in a row, go up
0: 3-1? I think a lot of it isn't really like a level of improvement, at least from game three. I think a lot of it is just kind of staying at the levels where they're currently at. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can shoot, you know, make one of three threes like they did uh, last night, I think they're in decent shape because, you know, you know that they're going to dominate down low uh, when they actually do emphasize that part of their game. Uh, I think really it's just a free throw shooting like you like you mentioned yeah. um defense has been absolutely great uh nothing to complain about there. I think you know just need to keep doing really the same thing and and try to maintain the level of play as opposed to improving in any one to, in uh any one area
1: yeah, I absolutely agree um some things they can't do uh don't take away minutes from Crusoe for rondo uh and if I had to nitpick and this again nitpicking because they're already taking out the bigs. So they're doing a really good job at that. I don't like letting Carmelo score 20 points, but again, that's just nitpicking. They could easily win with Carmelo scoring 20 points. You figure if he doesn't score 20, you know, those points are probably going to Dame or CJ anyways. But, you know, if one of Dame or CJ has a big night and Carmelo also scores 20, then that's a little concerning. But I'm not really that concerned. It's just nitpicking. But like you said, it's just kind of doing the same thing. Continue to shoot, you know, competently from the three, the three point land, you know, don't have a terrible 15% night. Don't force threes. They've been better at not doing that. You know, no 45 footers from LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, just free throws, man. If they keep playing like this, especially if they score, you know, if they make more, th- more of their free throws, they're scoring 120 points. So, and yeah. with their defense right now, I don't know if the Blazers can match that, especially with Dame, you know, having a little bit of a hurt finger, but I don't think that's impacting it too much.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I think you know, letting Carmelo scored 20 points, isn't great. But you also have to look. He played 42 minutes. Yeah, that's with crazy. All body of his, man. Him, McCollum, and Lillard combined for 127 minutes this past game. Like that's a lot. And I think that's even more impressive that the Lakers' defense was able to hold. You know, Lillard to 34, McCollum to 28, and Carmelo to 20. Yeah, um, absolutely. because they were out there the entire time. I mean, they got like half a quarter rest each of them.
1: And that's part of the biggest problem for the Blazers, I would argue, is, you know, since the bubble started, every game has mattered. They almost had, you know, they didn't win out, but they almost had to to get to it. And then they had the play-in game, and everything mattered. And so we saw a lot of games where this was the case. You know, they don't have as much depth as the Lakers. Granted, Zach Collins got hurt, you know, so that hurts. But they had to play their stars a lot of minutes, and that's eventually going to build up. So even if they did somehow shock the Lakers, you know, you saw a lot of people saying, like, can the Blazers be a surprise title contender? Like, I don't think it was ever going to gonna hold, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I might sound like I'm, you know, contradicting myself because I was a little bit worried about the Lakers going into this series. But if this was the Western Conference Finals and we were playing the Blazers, I probably would have been less worried because they would have had so many more miles on their legs. They would have been, you know, beat down. So uh, mm-hmm. that's just that's part of the problem. And that just, you know, shows the Lakers' depth. Now halfway yeah. through the series, Lakers are halfway to winning, I should say. I want to update the series prediction. I said Lakers in six, which is looking real good. You know, if the Blazers do steal another game, you said Lakers in five. Do you think it's still Lakers in five? Do you think they win out or do you think the Blazers steal a game, go to six or even hopefully not steal two games and go to seven?
0: What I think is going to happen is I, I'm going to go with Lakers in six. I'm not going to change my prediction, obviously, from the beginning. Um, but I think Lakers in six is really, really fair. I think the Lakers come out and win game uh, game four here. But uh, game five, I really see the Blazers probably still in one, and then the Lakers taking care of business in game six. Um, Pretty much like what you said before, like a series that the Lakers are pretty much in control the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know that they're going to take it down. They're going to go up 3-1, but the Blazers might still another one for sure.
1: Wow, Jason Domus over here. So wait, you said (laughs) you weren't changing your prediction, but then you said Lakers in six. I'm a little confused. Oh, I'm saying like... So you're sticking with Lakers. Lakers in five.
0: Yeah, but, but
1: I do think now it'll be Lakers in six. Man, what can I say? I am just just I I, I, just, I can see dead. things. I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see the betting on the last game, though. I went 0-2. This game, I'm going to redeem myself, though, Daniel. Because the lines okay. are exactly what they were closing last game. We got Lakers as seven and a half point favorites. We got the over-under
0: at 224 and a half. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to go with... The Blazers plus seven and a half, and I'm going to go with the under 224 and a half.
1: Okay, so pretty much the exact same as last time. Yep. I want to say, I didn't say this, you were damn near close to guessing the exact final score of game three.
0: I was. I was. Daniel yep.
1: guessed 115, 110, final score is 116, 108. You were off by one point. Yep. Now, I know you're like yep. a, what is it, a sports, what, what's your major in college? Sport analytics. So yeah, you're a sport analytics major. I don't know if you, I know you got some programs, some rink things you put together that are too complex <laughs> for my brain that predict final scores. Are you using that for this podcast? And are you, you know, are you cheating? Are you using performance enhancing no. substances?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't been. I've actually been uh, giving my predictions on the fly. I guess just watching the pace of the series and uh, trying to guess from there. But yeah, I'm actually surprised with how close I got this past game.
1: I'm gonna call them PEMs. It's performance enhancing module. What is it, a module? How do you say, mod model? Mod. <laughs> I was trying to say module. Like it was all futuristic. And oh man, <laughs> I need to take speech lessons. I swear. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. Blazers plus seven and a half. I think it's maybe looks a lot like game three. Maybe the Blazers come out with a little bit more chip on their shoulder, make it a closer game. Still think the Lakers are going to win, go up three, one. And I've it's my dumb brain. I'm taking the over. Look, man, I don't root for unders. I root for points. Points are fun. <laughs> and I think, You're right. Listen, the Lakers, they missed their free throws. If they would have made five more free throws, you know, they're in the 120s. I think they make better free throws. This is a team that should have scored 120. They should have scored 122 games ago, but they kind of put those the subs in in the fourth quarter. I think it's a little bit closer, and I think it's the over. Plus 7.5 in the over. Okay. Which brings my I final can- score prediction.
0: Mm. I'm
1: going to say 122 because 12 is my favorite number. No, 121, because 12 is my favorite number. So 121 is 12-1. It's pretty much 12-1, and then backwards is also 12-1. Uh, <laughs> this is my betting logic. And then for the Blazers, I'm going to go 118, because that's just ringing to me. 121-118.
0: Ooh, okay, so a real close game. One possession game, huh? I, it's going to be a
1: six-point game down the stretch. They're gonna, It's going to be you know classic. Can they hit threes and the Lakers miss all their free throws? Blazers are going to hit a 3 <laughs> With a little bit of time left. No, they're going to be down five. They're going to hit a three. Be down by two. Foul the Lakers. Lakers make one. It's going to be a three-point game with like .7 seconds left. Blazers aren't going to have a timeout. They're going to have to heave something. It's not even going to come close.
0: Oh, damn. Okay, we'll see what happens. That, you know, that would be crazy if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, for my final score, I'm going to go somewhat close to my final score prediction from last time, but I'm actually going to go a little bit lower. Um, I'm going to go 112 106.
1: Okay. Oh, number 12. I like it. Mm -hmm. Any, any reasoning? Do you have any crazy situation that's going to go off in your head? Like I do?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's just going to be a close game. Honestly, I think, uh, very similar to game three, um, where the Lakers are in control nearly the entire time. Uh, but yeah ultimately only win by eight. I don't really see a double digit game or anything like that. I do see them winning very easily though.
1: Yeah, that's fair. All right. So some, uh, updates around the league at the time of recording this, this very well could change by the time you're listening. Currently the uh, Boston Philadelphia game is actually going on. So that series might even be over by the time you're listening to this Celtics are up 42, 41. They're up three Oh, in the series, um, they're moving on for sure. No Ben Simmons, uh, Al Horford on the Sixers has just looked terrible. Brett Brown's yeah, probably going to get fired. Player. Not a good look for the Sixers. Um, and then Toronto is just molly whopping the Mets. I don't even know. What does molly whopping even mean? I just pulled that word from like the deepest <laughs> echo chamber of my brain.
0: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it means what you think it means.
1: Um, okay. Okay. So it's. I just wanted to oh, make yeah. sure it was uh, not NSFW. Okay. <laughs> uh yeah Molly
0: the... to strike slap or slam into one either once or repeatedly okay so yeah they've been striking them of with course. points
1: they're up 3-0 um bucks have come back from the first game just like the lakers up 2-1 they've just been thoroughly you know destroying the magic that's not going to go any further you know that's the bucks heater up 3-0 against the pacers that was probably the most uh up in the air first round playoff from the east and the heat are going to win that. There's no way the Pacers come back 3-0. He look good, man. I know some people in my life who think the Heat are going to make the finals, which I don't understand, but you know, everyone has an opinion. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think the Heat are good, man. I think they're very underrated. They got a lot of good role players. I just don't see how they beat a team like the Bucks or the Clippers or the Lakers for that matter. I mean, I love some Bam out of bio. I love Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler doesn't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got shooters, too. They got they got shooters and they got role players.
1: They strike me as a team that's like one or two years away. Like, let their you know Tyler Hero and all them like develop a little bit, maybe get one more role player, um, and then they'll be set. You know, I just think they're they're a little bit away from being a legitimate title contender, which is fine. You know, this is the first year of the Jimmy Butler experience. So, yeah, for sure. And the Western, yeah, I mean, go get one star. Yeah, the Western Conference side of things, Denver, Utah, Utah up two one. Utah just you know thoroughly outplayed Denver last game. Didn't they beat them by like twenty points?
0: Yeah, I think it was something like that. It was it was a good
1: amount. It was a, uh, you know, Jazz have been without Mike Conley. The Nuggets, I see some chatter. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't watched a lot of this series. I see some chatter that the Nuggets are soft. Would can you confirm or deny have you been watching
0: the series? I have not watched this series. And I actually just looked it up. The Nuggets lost by 37 points this past game. Jeez. We lost 124
1: to 87. Jeez, the Jazz are The Jazz are good. I just they match up so poorly against the Lakers, so I always like I I wish the Jazz were playing in the four or five game because they're pretty much just another good defensive team who doesn't have as many scoring threats as the Lakers. So I feel like the, it's just such a bad matchup for the Jazz. But
0: yeah, we, yeah, I agree with you. It, I mean, it's just good defense, really, is what the Jazz like pride themselves on. Yeah, uh, and I don't know how that's going to work against a team that carries LeBron and AD. Like Denver's only really got Jokic and a couple other couple other guys who are like decent scorers yeah Uh, but uh yeah i mean (laughs) i i would hope to play the jazz at some point i i hope they would make it you know it would would make the the road to the finals a lot easier for the lakers to say the least
1: yeah i'd have to be in the conference finals though which you know if they win that series unless you know denver still is very much in it but if they win that series they're clippers up 2-1 which has been an interesting series in upon itself but i would You know, I think it's safe to say the Clippers are probably going to win. I think if it is Clippers-Jazz round two, again, just like the Lakers, I think that's a terrible matchup for the Jazz. You know, you're a good defensive team, but you're also playing a good defensive team who has more scoring weapons. That's just always going to – I feel like if you play a better version of your style of basketball, like, it's just, you know, it's not the typical wrestler versus striker like in MMA. It's just like two wrestlers, but one of them's better than the other, you know? So, um, We'll see, though. I mean, Dallas has won a game. You could argue without a, a Luca injury or Kristaps ejection that they could be up two one, even three zero. Some pundits would say. I don't know yeah. if I'd say that, but it's they've been playing yeah. them tough, man.
0: Yeah, I I like the Mavericks. I've said it before. I really like the Mavericks. Um, I really think that they still another game or two if Doncic can uh, prove that he's healthy. I mm-hmm. could I could see the series going six or seven for sure. I, it just all depends on what happens tonight, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I think if the Clippers win tonight. Mavericks end up going down in six. I think if the Mavericks win, uh, it's going to be a toss-up in game seven. I don't even know if I can make an accurate prediction on that.
1: Yeah, man. My favorite thing is uh, how bad
0: Paul George has been playing. He's so yeah. bad, man. After, I, I think it's a mental thing for him.
1: After all the, you know, that stuff doesn't matter, and now it's he's playing bad, and Clipper fans are, like, like shocked. It's like, dude, he always has played bad. It's like, I hate to say it, it's like Kershaw. You know, he just... Some people just can't get over that playoff hurdle, you know. And he calls himself playoff P, and he gets so like with reporters, he gets like snappy. Like it's something. It's definitely in his head, a hundred percent.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I think he's one of those guys too that like Paul George is an excellent player. Don't get me wrong. Like last year, he I mean legitimate MVP candidate. Oh yeah, great defense, great offense. Can't discount that at all. Yeah, I think that he thinks he's like one of the best three players in the league. Like he's at the level as uh at the same level as A D and LeBron and Kawhi, his own teammate. Kevin Durant I think he thinks he's that he's there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's definitely not. I think, you know, he's a very fringe like top ten NBA player. Yeah, he's um,
1: he's just on that next level, which is fine. I mean that's there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. There's great players, you know, on that second tier, but yeah, he's not you can, I can name ten players right now that are probably better than Paul George. You know, you got oh, yeah. LeBron, A D, Kawhi, K D. Um, that one guy, Giannis, hey, could think of his name. Oh, uh, Giannis. Yeah, Harden's Harden. better. Uh Dame I'd probably say is better now, you know, just with this yeah. kind of season he's had. So that's seven right there, you know, and you can make cases for other guys. Um mm-hmm. Luca.
0: Luca's probably better. I would say that Luca's uh definitely in the conversation is better than Paul George, definitely. Alex Caruso. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, and then the Lakers matchup, if they get past the Blazers, is going to be uh, either the Rockets or the Thunder. Rockets, I believe, went up 2-0, drop game three to the Thunder. The Thunder are a fun team to root for. They weren't supposed to be here. The Chris Paul thing has actually worked out. He was supposed to just be an asset they move. Maybe they move him in the, in the offseason. Who knows? Um, as much as people like the Thunder, and I know you like the Thunder, I just can't see the Thunder beating the Rockets personally. I think the Rockets just, they're too quirky of a team. They got too much star power. And, you know, I I like, especially being up 2-1, I like the Rockets to move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. After seeing the series a little bit, I've watched a couple of those games. I think I've watched at least a couple halves of that game or that series. Mm -hmm. You know, the Thunder, they looked decent, like, in their last game. Mm -hmm. Um, But the game still went into overtime. They just crushed the Rockets in M T. They ended up beating them by 12. Rockets only scored three points.
1: Yeah, Rockets only scored three points in overtime. So, But that's the thing with the Rockets. You know, if they have the classic uh, Golden State Warriors game from the conference finals a few years ago where they – what did they miss, like 18 threes in a row or something crazy like that? Uh, Wasn't it more? It, it was something bad. It yeah. was, like, historically oh, yeah.
0: bad. <laughs> yeah, that happens, I guess, when you shoot a lot of threes. Like, the variance is going to hit a little bit.
1: Yeah, so – but they don't have Westbrook, which is – when is he confirmed to come back? Have they announced that?
0: Uh, I think he's coming back for round two. Also, just looked up the Rockets. It was 27 consecutive missed three-pointers. That's so bad.
1: We think 15% is (laughs) bad for the
0: Lakers. Yeah.
1: The Lakers missed 27 Uh, threes in a row. I don't know what I'll do. (laughs)
0: I think they should just stop shooting threes after that. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: if they get to like eight misses in a row, I want to see him stop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. 27 misses. That's insane.
1: And then uh, to wrap up the show today as we uh, started the pod it's special day kobe bryant's birthday he would have been i believe 43 today um you know it's 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 a good day because we remember kobe we remember the things he brought to the game just more than the game just to the culture to the city of los angeles to the world quite frankly Uh, he would have been 42 today um you know but it's also a sad day you know because of the situation um so I just wanted to ask you, you know, let's t- take a little bit of a positive spin on it. Do you have like a specific Kobe Bryant memory? It could be something big, it could be something small, just like the first thing you kind of think of when you think of
0: Kobe, you know, and how you'll remember him. Um you know what? I'm going to I I'm going to go really basic here cuz this is something that I remember as a kid and it really made me love basketball and the and the Lakers and the NBA. Um it was his 81 point night. Okay. Because I was six, I was six years old, and uh, the way it worked was it was my dad's birthday, um, or not on the actual day, but his birthday was the following week. And I remember watching the game because we were out for his birthday with like some family members, mm-hmm. and uh, we were just watching it, and we kept seeing Kobe sink shots, shot after shot after shot, um, and we were like, like, how many points does he have? But we couldn't hear it, mm-hmm. and then they showed up the graphic, and he had. he was up to like 45 at the time and the game obviously wasn't even close to over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember just watching that game and being glued to the TV, um, seeing that iconic 81 point game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I see, I feel, I feel almost bad because I wasn't huge into basketball when I was younger. Um, my dad, you know, he played baseball. He, you know, he, he was a huge baseball fan. Baseball always like came first in the household, just out of, you know, preference from my dad and then football, you know, I'm a charger fan, unfortunately. Uh, uh, my dad likes the Lakers, you know, he liked basketball, but he was kind of like the fair weather not even a fair weather fan. Like he wouldn't tell people like talk smack about the Lakers, but he was like tune in when they were entertaining, you know? So like the three peat team, you know, he's told me, and I was in a crib at that point. So I don't really remember the three peat team, but, um, he was really invested then. And then, you know, the shack got traded. The Lakers had a few years where they were just kind of mediocre, I remember the first Laker game I remember watching as a kid, which again, is kind of sad, but it was the Phoenix Suns, the double buzzer beater game by Kobe. That's a great memory. That's like my first Kobe memory. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't really big into basketball as a kid, even when they won their titles, like game seven of the 2010, yeah, 2010 NBA finals. That's like the first basketball game I watched start to finish. And I remember being super nervous, like palm sweating and everything. And I was definitely rooting for them um but it wasn't like i still kind of loved the dodgers more and the chargers they were just the lakers were always just kind of like it was like you know basketball is my third sport so like i liked it but it wasn't something i talked smack about and with my friends and everything um i do remember driving down the street after baseball practice and chanting go lakers with my best friend tyler after they won the first title because we were at basketball baseball practice when it happened all-stars not to brag i was an all-star um <laughs> oh wow <laughs> um So, yeah, and then, you know, later in his career, obviously, you know, that's when I started paying more attention once I got into high school and whatnot, but he wasn't, you know, he was Kobe. He was great. You know, you have the – when he tore his Achilles and he made the free throws, stuff like that, but it obviously wasn't the same Kobe. So I kind of have two. One is his 60-point game to end his career. I actually was not watching it, so it might seem a little, you know, counterintuitive. I did watch the replay when they re-aired it, but I was at the Dodger game. We were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates that day. And they were showing highlights on the the Jumbotron. or Not the Jumbotron, but whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was just crazy. They A bunch of people were wearing Laker stuff as is, you know, because it was Kobe's last game. They are going to a Dodger game. Dodgers still almost sold out, you know, great fans. But it was crazy. In the middle of a baseball game, they were showing the end of the Lakers game. And the entire stadium, while there's baseball being played, was just chanting Kobe Bryant and, like, thank you, Kobe, and stuff like that. And even like the, the players took a quick break and were like looking at it. like, it was just, it was one of those surreal, surreal moments that, you know, that's probably not the first thing you think of. Like, I wonder how the Dodger game was that night, but it was one of those weird timing things. And like, that was the first time I truly understood. Cause I wasn't riding yet. I was still in high school. That was the first time I truly understood how much he meant to the city of Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, it's a city where you have movie stars and you have so much going on. So many sports teams, it's always move, move, move. And, I don't think it's crazy to say Kobe Bryant's probably the most popular person in the city of Los Angeles just in terms of like being loved.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously. Like- yeah, I think it's definitely uh Yeah. I think there's definitely a case to be made for him for sure.
1: He's like Derek Jeter to the Yankees times five. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. outside of Los Angeles might not realize like how much he meant to Los Angeles. He was Los Angeles. Um Yeah. And then the other moment I have it's another Dodgers related moment again. I'm a Dodger fan. That's like my first diehard team was uh it's a little bit of a sad moment, but uh, when he, when Yasiel Puig get that home run and you see Kobe in the background, throwing his hands up. That's just a cool
0: moment. Yep. Yep. I've seen that picture that. Yeah. That was really awesome. That was in the 2018 world series, right?
1: Yeah. And then uh, Dave Roberts made some questionable decisions afterwards,
0: but we don't have to talk mm-hmm.
1: about that. This isn't a Dodgers podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: We're, we're trying to be happy with the Lakers here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, that impact Kobe had, um hearing upon his passing you know i'll never forget it i wasn't doing anything memorable i was just sitting at my desk i think i was playing video games because i was wasn't working that day and you know scrolling through twitter and you see the tweet and it's you just just like this didn't happen you know what i mean like no way this happens and then more comes out and more comes out and then you realize it did happen and then just just that feeling for a while um I, I it, was, it was strange. I've never had a celebrity death. The only celebrity death I've ever had that kind of touched me was, uh, ironically, Big Black from Robin Big, just because I loved that show oh, as a kid. Yeah, that yeah was I was like, sad about that, too. That was the first one that ever really hit. Uh, the first celebrity death I remember, like, actually being aware of was when Michael Jackson died. I remember being aware of how big that was. Mm-hmm. But nothing like Kobe. It was almost like... You know, it's almost like you lost a family member. It was weird because Kobe always had this like invincible aura, like this couldn't happen to him. You know what I mean? It was just like, and I remember for weeks, months, like I would randomly think about it, and I'm like, no, like that was a dream. You know, it just didn't feel real. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah, watching I mean, the 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 daughter, what is it, the girl dad thing on Sports
0: Center. Oh yeah, that was heartbreaking.
1: May or may not have cried. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I
0: teared up a little bit.
1: And then today, even just the things the Lakers put out, Nike put out, all the the, the special tributes, you know, again, may or may not have shed some tears this morning. Um, don't need to confirm nor deny those reports, but it's just, you know, his legacy is going to live on forever. He's a beacon, you know, of just hard work, dedication. He is this city, you know, and my heart just breaks for Vanessa and, you know, Gianna and just everything around the situation, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're in, the, I'm in a very similar age group where we got to see the best of Kobe at about the, the same time of our lives. Like, to me, Laker basketball is Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Like, he's all – he was my childhood with the Lakers. Like, he's the one that found, was the foundation for my relationship with the team. Yeah. Um, like, it was just – yeah, I remember I was just uh, sitting on my couch at, uh, at school I go to my room and I'm like, hey, you know, there TMZ just reported that Kobe Bryant he passed away in a helicopter crash. And I remember him saying, you know, oh well, TMZ, you know, they they post fake stuff all the time. Like, you know, hopefully that's not true. I'm I'm really hoping that it's not true. And uh, then I saw the Woes report and I remember just sitting there, staring at the wall for a couple hours. Like, you know, I it was just it was heartbreaking, really, yeah. especially when you find out that. You know there are other people involved, and it, oh, man, like really really small world too. Um, one of my former teachers in high school, his his sister was um, one of those that passed in the in the crash. Oh no. Um, so that also you know hit home even further uh, for me. So yeah, just a really really horrific you know accident. I, I hate to relive it, um, hearing about the news, but man. Yeah. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, you know, happy birthday to him. Um, and man, hope Vanessa stays, uh, as mentally tough as she's been. Oh yeah. I mean,
1: Lakers going to win the ship this year, Daniel for Kobe Bryant.
0: They better do it.
1: I mean, I said, I didn't want this to be sad. I wanted to be remembering his best moments, but it's kind of hard. It's kind of impossible for it not to be sad. Um, and just the whole thing too, with LeBron passing him in the in the all time uh, points leaderboard the night before. And that kind of that eerie comment after the game by LeBron, you know, where he was kind of like reflecting on Kobe, you know, like it it was just, it was strange timing. Um, Yeah. And that, that also made it so much more unbelievable. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was like the passing of the torch act that you really, really didn't see coming. Like, I mean, Kobe passed the torch to LeBron as the leader of the Lakers, even though Kobe will or LeBron will never stack up to the Laker that that Kobe was oh, just, never you know, being in a Laker uniform. Kobe's Kobe um but yeah, you know, he passed the torch one night and then the next night, you know you realize that you know there there's no more Kobe Bryant. It was just oh man I want to yeah.
1: say it wasn't his last tweet congratulating LeBron.
0: That's exactly what it was. Yeah. He, I think he called him King James and he said, you know what? Congratulations for, uh,
1: yeah. Continuing to uh, move the game forward at King James. Much respect, my brother. That is
0: exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Just weird timing.
1: If they make it past the first round, they're going to wear the, are they wearing the Mamba jerseys tomorrow since it's 824 or is it only in the second round?
0: Oh, you know what? That'd be cool if they did. I don't think they are though. Um, yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about the fact that they play tomorrow on eight twenty-four. 24 uh, See, if I were the Lakers, I'd probably be wearing those Mamba jerseys. I think they're actually really, really nice jerseys. Um, but I know that if they do make it past this first round, they will be wearing them uh, going forward in the playoffs this season.
1: Yeah, so the Lakers will wear the Black Mamba. This article says Game 3, but I think that's incorrect. Hmm. Well, hopefully they wear them. Hopefully the Lakers move on. That way they can continue to wear them, win a championship for Kobe Bryant. Uh, You got anything else, Daniel?
0: Uh, No. Hopefully we just see the Lakers come out good um, in Game Four, and man, make it to the second round, get that one 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 more inch closer. Yeah, these uh, NBA title.
1: These podcasts where they win are a lot easier to do than when they lose. I'll definitely say that much.
0: (laughs) More of an upbeat feeling for sure.
1: In the meantime, go Lakers.
0: We ballin' every day